Welcome to Sisters and Sonder, the stories of the unheard, a storytelling podcast. A place for the misfits and the outcasts to find validation and healing through the power of stories. Sonder, a noun meaning the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. We're your hosts, Sammy and Tori. Let's get it. Hey y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to Sisters and Sonder, the stories of the unheard, a storytelling podcast. Today we are going to cover a feeling that many of us have felt, and this might not be the only episode we ever do on this, but that will be loneliness. Sammy, what's the definition of loneliness? So loneliness is the state of distress or discomfort that results when one perceives a gap between one's desires for social connection and actual experiences of it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with a poem by Jeffrey Brock, and then Sammy has a story for us about a time that she felt loneliness. We'll be right back. This is story time with Sammy. This is the part of the episode where we share a story, a poem, or anything that relates to the theme of the episode. This episode is about loneliness. So I have a poem by Jeffrey Brock called Bryant Park at Dusk. Floodlights have flared on behind and above where I sit in my public chair. The lawn that had gradually darkened has brightened. The library windows stare. I'm alone in a crowd, eat pluribus plures, far from a family I miss. I'd almost say I'm lonely, but lonely is worse, I recall, than this. Loneliness is a genuine poverty. I'm like a man who was flush, but forgot his wallet on the nightstand when he left for work in a rush and now must go without food and coffee for a few hours more than he'd wish. That's all. He still has a wallet. It's bulging. It floats through his brain like a fish. Money for love. A terrible simile. But maybe it's fitting here. A couple of blocks from Madison Avenue, where commodities are dear. Where all around me, rich skyscrapers... Woo the impoverished sky, having sent on their way the spent commuters who stream uncertain by. And as for this whole splurge of a city, is it money at its heart? But I'm blathering now, forgetting my subject, what I meant to say at the start, is that I noticed a woman reading in a chair not far from mine, silver-haired, calm, She stirred a hunger, hard for me to define. Perhaps because it doesn't seem lonely. What I loved was this. The way when dusk had darkened her pages, as if expecting a kiss. She closed her eyes and threw her head back, book open on her lap. Perhaps she was thinking about her story, or the fall air, or a nap. I thought she'd leave me then for pastimes more suited to the dark. 
she is on intimate terms, it seems, with the rhythms of Bryant Park. For that's when the floodlights came on, slowly, somewhere far above my need, and the grass grew green again, and the woman reopened her eyes to read. So my story for loneliness um, happened, I think it was 2013. So I moved to New York in 2012 and lived there for about three years. Um, and at that time, I had beautiful memories, wonderful adventures, did so much crazy, awesome stuff. Uh, but I do remember... The moment that I realized that I had to be alone and the moment that loneliness really took over um, who I was at that moment. And so that was 2013. It was Christmas. And I had actually just moved back from stage managing in Utah for about five months. And so I wasn't going to be able to afford to come back for Christmas um, and it ended up that my two roommates at the time were able to go visit their family. So about a couple days before Christmas, I was completely by myself in a three-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn, New York, with really no one to uh, hang out with, as many people had either gone home or were too busy uh, working like a lot of people were for the holidays. So I definitely was for the first time in a very long time alone and felt that hard. Um, I've always been a person that has friends surrounding me, family surrounding me, like never really an opportunity for me to be by myself. And that hit hard when I noticed that there was no one I could call or have come over to keep me company. I was on my own. And it hit really hard the moment my presence from my my family was delivered to my house because then that showed that I was 100% spending a holiday that is supposed to be surrounded by family and friends by myself in a very quiet, cold apartment. So that's the beginning of my loneliness story. I definitely was not prepared to be on my own. I was not prepared to be my own company. And I think that's what hurt the most was my realization that I hadn't been taking care of myself as a person. I was taking care of myself as everything else as a family member, as a sister, as a friend, as a manager, as a actor, as any descriptor that I had for that moment was taken care of. But for once in my life, Sammy was the one that wasn't being taken care of. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Sammy. I 
remember that Christmas. Um, and of course, I was in Idaho with the family and, you know, gifts were sent to you from me and you sent us gifts in Idaho. Um, but that's the only part of the story I know is the part of me missing you in Idaho. So uh, tell me more about <laughs> what did you end up doing? Well, I actually, I did something that was very not me. Um, there's a famous photographer that lives in New York, um, and he does a huge project called Humans of New York. Mm -hmm. What he does is he goes out and he takes pictures of your average human in New York, living in New York, working in New York, and then he sits down with them and learns their story, and he shares the stories with his um, with his photos. Yeah. And his wife actually had a program for Christmas that year that was putting people who were spending Christmas alone with people that were able to open up their homes and provide for a dinner and just like a brief evening of company wow. so that you're not spending Christmas Eve by yourself. Yeah. And so I saw that on Facebook and I was like, you know what? It doesn't hurt to try something new, especially when you literally have no other options. Totally. So I reached out and I asked if they still were had any openings, and they did. And they matched me up with uh, three other amazing women that I actually had a, so much fun uh, meeting. I went to this lady's house in Upper West Side and just... We had dinner. She gave us the cutest, like, little tiny knick-knack gifts that I mm -hmm. loved. One was, like, chapstick and everything. And we just had a lovely evening of chatting, getting to know each other. And that was that. And it was kind of wonderful to have that brief moment of learning someone's life, learning something new about where you are, especially in a city so huge that, like, you're walking among strangers more than friends half the time. Yeah, yeah. And so it was nice to have a moment of, like, these strangers can be your friends. And so we spent the evening, we had a lovely dinner and everything, and I went home actually feeling better about being alone for Christmas. And yeah. I kind of realized that sometimes it's okay to be alone. And sometimes it's okay to have that disappointment that loneliness brings because it shows you what is important in your life and it mm -hmm. shows you also what should be important in your life. And mm -hmm. I realized that like family and friends are very important to me, but also I realized that I, I'm very important to myself. Sure. And so that year I kind of like decided that if I have a chance, if I'm spending a holiday by myself, if I'm spending a special day that I deem is a special day by myself, that there's still things I can do and there's mm -hmm. still activities that I'm able to do. And I actually learned to be my own company as well as <laughs> I would go to like the movie theaters by myself mm -hmm. in the middle of day just because I'm like, no one else is going to watch this movie with me. I can have the snacks I want. No one's going to judge me that I'm going to have crunch ice cream and nachos. And it will be fine. And, like, that Christmas really showed me that I could do 
new traditions. I could do sure. new things by myself and it didn't have to be sad. It didn't have to be overwhelmingly like bad of sure. me being alone. And so that Christmas I started a couple new traditions as well of um, ordering Chinese food like we did when we were children. Um, I started that one with watching some of my favorite non-Christmas Christmas movies. And so mm-hmm. it kind of showed me like these are now my traditions. And as an adult and as someone who's growing into a different person and growing farther away from their family than they thought they would be. Like, mm-hmm. you're able to create your own traditions and kind of subside that loneliness by taking care of yourself. Yeah. Well, and while you were telling the story about uh, going to that lady's house and her giving you little gifts, like, I was sitting over here just smiling because, <laughs> like, that's such a precious thing. And it's moments like that where you realize, like, like life is bigger than missing one Christmas with family and life is bigger than, you know, feeling loneliness. And, and like you said, you can get kind of stuck in the loneliness and like find the way to get out of it. And that means, right. Like going and doing something you would never do. Um, or like choosing to enjoy the loneliness and choosing to like get your snacks that you want because you're quote unquote lonely and you're alone at the movie theater. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's interesting that they can kind of go hand in hand. Like, you can be pulled down by the loneliness, or you can accept the loneliness, and then you end up enjoying it in a weird way. Yeah, and I I also decided that, like, any chance I got, if I was able to open up my doors to someone that is having a holiday by themselves, or Mm -hmm. just having a day by themselves, and they don't need it, that I'm always that willing, open house. And I've definitely throughout the years have had many friends that, you know, aren't able to go home for the holidays are are busy and have to work late. And so all the festivities are done. And I've I've been able to open up my house to them as well as I had some amazing friends back um, in New York that they turned into my family Mm -hmm. because we ended up actually doing like Thanksgiving and Christmas almost every single year together. Yeah. And it was wonderful because it was like, I'm, I don't have to be alone and I'm able to create these new memories and these loving holiday experiences with other people. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a great bond to also be like the people that aren't able to go straight home and aren't able to afford to go home because it's, it's a journey. It's expensive. Yeah. And the, and a lot of us were service workers. A lot of us worked in the restaurants and worked in theaters and stuff. And you don't get holidays off. You don't get to take a week off like you do during school. And mm-hmm. so we, we created our own family. And I really liked that because it showed that I can find family wherever I am. And if I get past the loneliness and get past not having what I'm used to, then I can find new things that are worth it. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, we also know a lot of people that 
you know, are part of the LGBT community um, or are trans or things like that. And in those instances, sometimes you lose your family without your choice or without it being too expensive to go home, right? And so, yeah. like, I think the more that we normalize, like, your chosen family and the more that we normalize, like, spending the holidays and spending your time with the people that make it worthwhile, um, I think that that's a powerful sort of shift in in the world and, and makes it less about um, you know, blood family as even if blood family is important to you, like mm -hmm. your chosen family and your other family members, um, can also be just as important. Yeah. It makes, it makes, it takes the negativity yeah. out of the holiday and the fact that you're still being able to celebrate and still have a jolly good old time, mm -hmm. but it's on your terms and with people that actually care. Totally. And I've definitely learned that I have many, many family members mm -hmm. and many, many chosen family members that I will do anything they need to yeah. make them happy. And so that spending Christmas alone was a really good thing for me because sure. it definitely taught me to be my own person, which I didn't realize I wasn't being. So mm -hmm. that was a big growing moment in my life. Awesome. Sweet. Thank you for listening. Of course. Thank you for sharing. Aw, you're welcome. <laughs>
that also means that you have a family to miss and that's important, right? And you have loved ones that you wish you were spending time with. Um, and, and you can honor that and you can let that be a thing. Um, and then choose to move through it after that. And there you have it, folks, stories of the unheard. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you found something insightful in this episode. Let us know what you thought. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at sistersandsonderpod and at our website, sistersandsonder.com. Remember, Dr. Seuss said, why fit in when you were born to stand out?